Hello, welcome back. Season 3 of the Trainer's Hut, your favourite racing podcast. I am Todd Blum. We're here in the Trainer's Hut studios. And I'm, gee whiz, I am excited for Season 3 of the podcast. Can't wait to kick it off, get it started. We're talking about home affairs and what a scintillating win it was in the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Him and Nature Strip, the world's best sprinter, head-to-head down the finish. And he might have got a bit of luck at the start, home affairs, but you need all the luck you can get because it doesn't always go your way. And gee, what a run, nature strip. But it's all about home affairs on today's episode. We're talking to Rob Archibald, the racing manager at Coolmore Start. Of course, he has been on the podcast before when we spoke about home affairs leading up to the Everest last year. He was joined by Tom Moore on that episode. He's going solo today. We're kicking it off with the big guns, season three the trainer's heart can't wait to get stuck into this year. Let's kick it off. At the 200 metres, Home Affairs lets down. Nature Strip coming out after him, followed by Eduardo. Nature Strip chasing Home Affairs. Home Affairs digs in for the fight and neck. Nature Strip thrusting. Home Affairs. Nature Strip lunges. Photo finish. Home Affairs, I think, has just won from Nature Strip. We wanted to start season three of the trainer's hut with a bang, so we've gone for the big gun straight away. Returning guest, Rob Archibald, solo this episode. Welcome back to the Trainer's Hut, Rob. Thank you very much for having me. It's um, always nice to speak to you. Most of the team are probably down here in Melbourne for the, the English Premier Yearling Sale. You're currently still up at the farm. I imagine the the back end of this week, it's been a bit quieter in the office than it was for the first half of the week. Yeah, it certainly has. It's a bit quieter. A, bit, a, lot, of, a lot of the team are down there. Um, looking at a lot of the, the progeny of our stallions and looking at some of the horses we're selling and um, obviously just seeing how the market is. Um, but, yeah, look, everything's still got to keep going at the farm, so um, there's still a big team back up here um, working away and everyone's still on a bit of a high from our um, from last weekend, so it's been good. We'll get into the, the business end then, home affairs. Well, gee, he was... He was bloody impressive winning the, the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning Stakes and what a finish it was and head-to-head with the world's best sprinter and to come out on top. Yeah, it was um, it was amazing, wasn't it? You know, those races, big Group 1 weight for ages are so important to those young stallions trying to make their way and trying to make a name for themselves and we really couldn't have been any happier with the way it, it went, obviously, and um, he's, a, he's a really exciting horse, super talented, very fast and... Yeah, he really he had to step it up a level against those big horses, you know, those champion Australian sprinters that have been around for a long time. And, look, arguably got a little bit of luck, but you need that sometimes in this game. And he he, he ran really well, you know. Chris was very confident in the horse, but he did say, he said, look, I can't pull nature ship either. He said, both horses are going as well as I can get them to go, and it's going to be a good race, and, and we, got a, we got a really good race. Very happy. When you go into those big races, it's... Um, it's so, you know, it's so important with these young horses that you sort of get every step of the way right and, and you don't always do it. But, um, yeah, look, luckily that came off and um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really enhance his reputation when, when he goes to stud one day. Well, after the win, a lot of the commentary was around this colt being the new kid on the block. However, I don't quite agree with that. When he won the stand making Coolmore stud stakes in the fashion he did against that field, well, that's when he announced himself as a new kid. He's, he's well and truly here now, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Look, he's, he's certainly here. He's certainly, um, he's certainly put his name up in those top top two or three horses in Australia, certainly the fastest two or three horses in Australia anyway. And you're right, he's, he's put together two good races. He obviously loves the straight. 
and I just couldn't be happier. I don't know, the, the owners are over the moon just with the, with the horse that they've got on their hands. Well, that's another thing I wanted to speak about too, the ownership group. So he is owned by Coolmore and Partners, so the Colt Syndicate you've put together, which obviously involves a lot of long-term clients and, and possibly some new ones as well. But it's a huge thrill for them and, and they get a kick out of this as well with their with their own breeding operations and the like. To have a colt like this headed to start, it must be exciting for the whole ownership group. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a huge thrill for everyone involved and in particularly that, those owners. And a couple of those owners that the Magna family have put together um, from overseas, it's, it's really their first couple of years of ownership. And to end up with a colt of, of this style uh, in, in those first couple of years, I think they're, they're very lucky and um, they're extremely grateful and they're just really enjoying the ride um, he's taking them on. And um, they haven't been able to get out to Australia to see him yet, but we're hoping if everything goes to plan, they will get to see him later in the year if we can if we can get him up to Ascot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's just extremely important. You know, new people into the into the game, you want to you want to give them a great opportunity, a great experience um, to reward them for what their investment. And I think um, luckily this horse has done that to somewhat, just enjoying being part of it and um, just looking forward to what he's got to offer over the next couple of starts. He's trained by Chris Waller, as you said, who had Nature Strip going just as well as Home Affairs and the stable mates. I suppose it's it's a little advantage for Coolmore to, you know, when you're picking a program for this cult to have that benchmark of Nature Strip in the stable as well. What was the feedback like from Chris in regards to mapping out the preparation and, and what was his sort of input in what he thought would suit Home Affairs? Well, well I think firstly he, he tries to do what's best for both horses individually and he thinks what's the best starting point and and then where do I want to end up in two or three starts time and look I, that's really all Chris is thinking in his plans and he, he sees the horses every day he sees how they work he sees how they're eating so he um, he maps that out and, and obviously we're f- fully supportive of that and I think Cornwall whoever are their trainers they, they really don't interfere at all they just leave it to the trainer and, and uh, take the good with the bad and I suppose there's advantages and disadvantages. It's sort of, you know, you don't really want to be racing against a horse like Nature Strip every Saturday because he's so good and the chance of him beating you are, are, are quite high. So I think it's important. In one way, you've got two good horses, so you know if your horse is not quite up to the mark, I suppose, or you know where your horse is at um, because you've got something else to compare it to. And then on, on the other hand, they both can travel down to Sydney, uh, to Melbourne, sorry, together. They can stable together. So they're somewhat companions, you know. You go down to Melbourne, they're in the stables beside each other. They can go on the truck. They, so they, they, they're pretty relaxed. They're in familiar environment. And then on the other hand, yeah, you know, you're up against arguably the world's best sprinter every second Saturday, which, which you know, if you're on the receiving end, it's probably not that great. So I think um, Chris has done an amazing job with both horses. You see how well he's managed Nature Strip over the last four years. You know, he's meticulous in the way he chooses his races and gets him right. And um, he's done an amazing job with home affairs. Couldn't fold anything he's done. He's, he's handled it really well. And it can't be easy managing those sort of horses. But, you know, we're very grateful for everything he's done for us anyway. And James McDonald, he was another another person that had a foot in both camps, so to speak. And he would have had a, a very tough decision on which way to go. He's obviously had a close association with Nature Strip for a long time. He was um, on board for that dominant display in the in the Coolmore in the spring and had a decision to make he elected to go with home affairs and 
as you said, I'm sure he was uh, very grateful that the luck fell his way on Saturday. But how involved, or can you take us a little bit into the Coolmore pitch to keep the best jockey in the world on your horse? To be perfectly honest, we had absolutely no um, no involvement in the decision. The decision comes down to James and Chris and obviously Jamie. I think talking to James, um, you know, obviously Jamie had had success on Nature Strip um, and had won a, won a group, won that race on him before. Uh, Home Affairs is a very difficult horse to ride and you have to get the first half race right so that he finishes off. And James knew him very well. James had obviously... To date, had his career best performance on him, um, you know, and I think uh, it was probably how they came to it. I don't know, but all, all I know is we were very happy that James decided to ride our horse, and um, and he's obviously a huge part of why the horses have been successful. He's, he, I think, he's, if he's not the best rider in the world, he's certainly one of the top few. And when you've got those guys on your horses, you're certainly increasing your chances. And um, he knows he knows our horse. He gets him to relax so well, gets him into his own rhythm. And, and look, both uh, both jockeys gave the horses great rides and they both ran really well. So I, I think the outcome was good. And, yeah, look, it's obviously hard for Chris to work those those scenarios out, but he, he gets those right more often than not, and that's why he's one of the best. So um, we, we know James for a long time. We, we love James. And, and if, if James couldn't ride, we would have handled it. Jamie Lee Carr's a world-class rider herself, and we would have happily had her on or whoever Chris decided. So... That's just the way the game is. James had to make a decision. Luckily for us, he decided ours, and um, and we'll see how we go in a couple of weeks. The the rest of the prep, Rob, a couple of weeks you just mentioned there. So, and like you said earlier, the Nature Strip and Home Affairs, it's almost like they're mates. They're, they're in the stable together. They're travelling down to Melbourne together. I couldn't believe after the heat of the battle on Saturday, they're there enjoying the beach together the next day. We saw the photos of that. How's <laughs> how's the rest of the week been with him? How's he come through the run? Yeah, good. Um, early reports are that he's, he, Chris, Chris has said he's come through it really well. There's obviously a tough run first up, so he's given him an easy week. He's been to the beach a couple of times. Uh, just let him relax, get through this week, and um, they'll probably start building up from Saturday onwards and build back up. At this stage, he's on track for a race called the Newmarket, obviously the Newmarket Handicap. Yet to see what way he's been assigned, and that'll obviously determine whether he goes there or not. But at this stage, that's a likely option. You know, any group one at any level is always difficult to win, and no doubt he's going to have to be his very, very best to be to be competitive there. So we'll just take it race by race. Chris calls the shots, and um, we'll just see what he wants to come up with and what he decides. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed he can replicate another good run. He was bred by Tory Burn Stud, one of the best uh, breeders in the business, and of course he's by I Am Invincible. Recently, Coolmore have been investing in yearlings by these top stallions that stand at other farms to get these sons to eventually stand at, at your start in the Hunter Valley there and it's it's proved a, a pretty successful formula to this point, Rob. Yeah, Todd, it has. We, um, obviously, a couple of years ago, they made a concerted effort to put a group together to buy these to buy these yearlings, to develop them and manage them into, into stallions and then one day they'll come back and stand at Coolmore and they've got a fantastic group of owners together who, are, who love their racing or are very passionate about it and love their breeding. And the year one was obviously the, the home affairs year. A lot of other horses in that group have gone really well and won group races. Coast Watch, Ranchan, Mixed Moments, Arastro, a lot of exciting horses still to go. And, um, and, and we're in the second year with the two-year-old. So 
a lot still to unfold. You know how it is. Started, yeah, a lot can change um, very quickly. And, yeah, just lucky they, they the guys that bought those horses got a few nice ones and um, long may continue. But, you know, obviously it's um, when you buy off a stud like Torrevern, they, they're great breeders and, um, you know, you're, you're increasing your chances. But, uh, yeah, just... Um, grateful that we're all part of it and uh, hopefully it will keep going keep going the way it is we've seen a couple of those two-year-olds step out as we build towards or the blue diamonds uh going to be tomorrow as we record this and then the, the, we f- shift focus to the golden slipper and the, the rest of the triple count up there uh, how are the two-year-olds going from this crop they're good they're good we haven't um we haven't got anything jumping out just yet but there's a lot of nice horses that haven't been to the trials and haven't been to the races a horse called Great Barrier Reef, he went to the races, he ran fourth on debut against Best of Bordeaux, which that form's been quite good that come out of that race. He, he wasn't quite ready for the occasion, so he went for a break, but we have a high opinion of him. Zambezia River showed a lot of ability early on in the Breeders' Plate and then didn't quite come back, so he's gone for a break. Um, and then there's another 14 or 15 so that haven't been to the trials or we haven't seen yet that Chris, there's a couple of those there that Chris really likes, so... Um, Hopefully we can find one, and um, hopefully one of those will come out in the next few months. Well, one of those that I've had my eye on, and I suggest the listeners write this down, Northern Beaches. He's had a couple of races as well. Rob, where's he at? Is he one that sort of wasn't quite ready at the moment and been put away? Yeah, he, he, Chris, Chris, exactly. He's the same. He's a very well-bred horse. He had his two starts, and, and Chris just said, look, he's, he's got plenty of ability. He's doing well. He, he pulled up a bit sore after his last run and has gone for a break. Um but again, he'll be a lot better with a bit more time and he'll just allow him to strengthen up. Again, plenty of ability, just not ready just yet. And as you know, Chris takes a lot of time with them and, and gives them every chance and doesn't push them if they're not ready to handle the pressure. So he's just backed off him, giving him a three or four weeks in the paddock until he'll come back um, and be ready to go for early spring campaign. Absolutely. Northern Beaches, write that one down. Now, speaking of investments in stallions, Rob, we've, we've mentioned at the uh, yearling sales, the first yearlings by Justify, the Magic Man's English Classic, and we've seen uh, the Premier, we're on the eve of English Premier, and they've been selling really well. Of course, there's a very large incentive being offered by Coolmore for his first two-year-old and or three-year-old Group 1 winner, a brand new, bright red, very fast Ferrari. Yeah, that's right. Um, they've been going seriously well, haven't they? Um, yeah, really well received up at Magic Millions, and then the Classic, you've had a few other sales as well. Um, but yeah, I think he's averaging around 300,000 for first season size, pretty remarkable. He was an amazing horse himself, and that, that's why they, they put the Ferrari there. Just They felt like they had to do something special for him, the first ever undefeated Triple Crown winner, and uh, I think it's only fitting that if you win one of those races, you win a Ferrari, and it may, it may just create a bit of interest and a little bit of talk about him, but yeah, couldn't be happier. They've gone to some great great stables, great trainers. Let's hope someone does win the Ferrari. It would make it It'd make it very interesting and, and it'd make it the whole thing very, very worthwhile for them. So, um, yeah, we hope it does. There's a lot of very nice horses that have been bred out of some great mares and I think there's some good chances. So, yeah, we couldn't be happy with it so far. And the Ferrari, Rob, I'm told you tried to tried to take the Ferrari up to the Gold Coast for the for the polo. How did that end up? Did you get to? Uh, get... They, they, don't, they don't let me drive the tractor to call, let alone the Ferrari. So no, oh, that was a little bit of marketing. I think so, certainly haven't been allowed in it. But um, I think we had Tommy Barry and Annabelle Mason came up and gave us a spin there a few weeks ago, and they were pretty impressed. So um, 
anyone that needs any doors so give them a ring. No, just on Justify, before we wrap up, Rob, I think it's been such an extraordinary build-up for a stallion since he was announced that he was coming to Australia. The the investment in the broodmares by Coolmore, Tom Magnier and the family that they've made, and then it just, the way it worked out, lot one at the Magic Mears, just the anticipation, and for the China Horse Club group headed by Henry Field to, you know, purchase that colt for their syndicate, it really just set the tone, didn't it? And and can't wait to see them hit the track in the in the next six months or so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, they were they were owners of Justify um, when he raced, so it was only it was very fitting that they bought the first horse ever sold in Australia. So that was very nice of them. Um, they're obviously big believers in Justify themselves. Um, they bought a lovely horse there, and and um, yeah, they've they've been openly big supporters of him. So. Um, yeah, it's very, very um, exciting times ahead, and won't everyone be watching with anticipation when they when they come out as um, as two year olds and three year olds, and um, yeah, some some lovely horses bred by him, and, and um, hopefully we can see one or two of those go to the top level. Absolutely, Rob. Thank you for joining me in the trainers' hut again. All the best with home affairs for the rest of the preparation. Can't wait to see him in the new market, and hopefully overseas a little later on. And uh, wishing the team all the best up there at Coolmore. Yeah, Todd, thank you very much for having me. It's always great to talk to you. Rob Archibald there speaking home affairs. And, of course, that cult was the Justify Extend cult, Lot 1 Magic Mians, that Henry Field and his team purchased. Can't wait to see the Justifiers start to hit the track. But before that, I cannot wait for the rest of home affairs preparation as he builds towards his own stud career and gee when you're talking about going up against the world's best sprinters every second Saturday it's not a bad problem to have and he's the sort of cult that can well and truly hold his own we're starting to heat up into the summer autumn carnival here in Melbourne then the caravan rolls on up there in Sydney there's big group one racing now week to week we're back in the thick of it and it's a very very exciting time to be involved in racing thank you very much for tuning in to the trainer's heart of course first episode season three if you're new to the podcast we've got plenty to catch up on please like follow subscribe and share with a friend if you think that someone else might enjoy the show send them the link let's get more and more people listening to the trainer's heart as we really look to build the following here in season three i've had so much fun for seasons one and two and can't wait to do it all again so thank you all for the support that's it for the first episode i'll see you next time in the trainer's hut i'm todd blum see you then